is one AFC East Week 16 here about to become a bomb in Week 17? Which players coming off the COVID list should you give pause before starting on Sunday? And is one active 2021 first-round FFPC fantasy pick a must-bench in championship week? Plus, the owner of both the fifth and seventh place teams in the championship round of the 2021 Football Guys Players Championship, Bobby Hatota joins us to talk about how he got his only two high-stakes teams this high in the standings this year, which second-tier tight ends have to be started this week, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your FFPC Championship Week High-Stakes Fantasy Football Hour starts now. I can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men than Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here's Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Thank you so much, Robin. Thank you to the Quiet Hollers. Remember to check out their music at quiethollers.com. Greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics and Ferreliacs tuning in on this special Thursday night edition of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Welcome to the latest episode. It's presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is indeed the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, one Farrell Elliott. Farrell, we didn't have NFL fantasy football or NFL uh, football tonight, so I thought it'd be appropriate that we keep the the football theme going throughout the season, and we'll have an HSFF hour tonight and let everybody go party their their brains out tomorrow night for uh, New Year's Eve. I think that's a brilliant idea, Balky. We have, we know a great group of guys that know how to party and, and you know, use their brains for it and party their brains out and then return to their brain to fantasy football where it really, really belongs because there's a lot of things to talk about. There's a lot of things to consider and some very important moves. You know, anybody can still win the FFPC. Anybody that can challenge that's in the top uh, – 50, 60, 70 uh, in, in the KFFSC. Uh, we've got we've got great opportunities for all kinds of players this weekend, and uh, I hope you're one of them here in Kentucky. Yeah, doing my best, doing my best. I, I don't think I'm in contention for any of the the main, um, you know, like the checkered no. flag run to daylight or the main event. But I think I'm in. You're the a defending champion like, there, Balky. Well, I, <laughs> I realize that, but I would say, like, I looked at my Kentucky teams earlier this week. I think I'm at now I'm in the thick of it in like six or seven of them to win the thing. I won't win all six or all seven, whatever it is, but I'm, I'm, I got a good shot in, in more than a few. So I'm excited to see that, how that plays out in, in week 17 here. Um, and coming up on tonight's show, we're going to do just that. We're going to help you set those week 17 lineups. We'll prepare you as best as we can for championship week. We'll, um, we'll, we'll feature our thoughts. Uh, what Farrell and I think of the suddenly crowded Detroit lions backfield uh, which young <laughs> NFC receiver is due for a massive final week. And then Bobby Haytota will drop by and sit down with us. He's an owner of only two FFPC teams uh, this year. The only two teams he drafted with the FFPC. And one of them's in fifth, and one of them's in seventh in the Football Guys Players Championship with just one week to go. He actually was the overall leader. in, um, in a, His fifth-place team was the overall leader last week. He slips to fifth but he gets his other one up to seven. So he's got two top 10 teams and we're going to talk uh, about him. We're going to talk why he didn't get more teams this year. Think of that. Um, what yeah. he could have been. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting because in, and I'll, and I'll, we, so I just talked about Bobby Hitota. Um John Terry, former guest of this show on that road of the road of his high stakes lowdown um, uh, is in ninth and 10th place in the football guys players championship. But I think the most shocking thing, well, Bobby Hitota's story is pretty shocking. But the one thing I noticed, and I could be getting this wrong, 
um, as far as what places. But former guest of the show, uh, Dan Thomas, has a team in second place overall in the FFPC main event. And I think he is in fourth place in the Football Guys Players Championship. So he is a top four team in both contests. Farrell, there's a non-zero chance that Dan Thomas could win a million bucks this weekend with the FFPC. Um, you know, we thought a B-Bag winning the FPC two years in a row was, was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Dan Thomas winning both these tournaments with his, you know, as big as the, the field has ever been before would certainly be shocking. A um, lot of fun stuff to root for. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention our, our, the gentleman in the chat room tonight, the official um, Ivy League professor of the High Stakes Fantasy yes, Football Hour, Hudson Kern Reeve hanging out. Uh, he is in 6th, 20th, and 60th in the main event. So he has uh, a top 6 team, a top 20 team, and a top 60 team in the FFPC main event going into championship week. Good luck, uh, Professor. We, we hope uh, that, that you make it um, a very lucrative year here in 2021. Um, and actually, in honor of, of Kern, before, we, before I, I get to anything else, he has a question, Farrell. He wants to know how sneaky a sleeper is Jordan Howard uh, th- as of this moment. When you look at uh, the situation with the, with the Eagles right now, obviously we know Miles Sanders is out. Um, Jordan Howard, I think, returned to practice today, which was a good sign for him. I don't, I don't know if he's that sneaky of a sleeper, but I will say this. Um, if, if the game script follows where the Eagles have this lead in Washington, he's the guy that they're going to pound in the second half and not Boston Scott. I don't necessarily knowing, uh, know if he's going to be a championship winner for you, but I think there is some value there. What do you think about Jordan Howard in Washington this week? Wow. I would have to know the circumstances that got uh, the, that got Hudson Curry Reeve to this position and then why the professor has to be considering Jordan Howard over the players that got him to this position. Now, I think I know why. <laughs> I think it's COVID. Uh, is, the Washington team is good coach and staff. It's going to get what players and what talent they have left ready to play. They're not going to be walked over. You've got a quarterback that wants to assert his run game, and you've got a passing attack that's coming together against a team that just gave up uh, a lot of air yards to the Cowboys. I, I think that um, if you need a uh, – Hudson, if you need a – a 12-carry running back who's not going to catch any passes and may get a touchdown, if that's going to make a difference for you to win this championship, then Jordan Howard, uh, that, that's what I think he's going to give you. I have, uh, I, you know, Fair, I'll tell you this. It, it sounds like such a resounding confirmation um, of Jordan Howard for you there. But with, your, <laughs> with the, the, great, the great Southern treatment, the great Southern coats of paint, you put over that. Once we peel that back, I think we truly know uh, how you feel about Jordan Howard this week in uh, in week 17. Um, okay, so moving on, I do want to mention to uh, to everybody here tonight, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, coming up um, uh, on tonight's show. If you want to connect with us, I want you to do so at HSFF Hour at Eric Balkman on Twitter. Of course, check out the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. 347-426-3682 is the number to call. 347 game over high stakes fantasy football at gmail.com is where to reach us. If you have any questions, we'll get to the tweets, the emails and all the chat room questions in the fantasy feedback uh, segment uh, as we close out the show and we close out 2021 final show of 2021 uh, tonight. Want to thank our audio engineer, my best friend, Bryce, and of course our audio producer, our producer and mutual friend, Rob, you can register for the 2021, 2022 world famous FFPC playoff challenge, as well as the football guys playoff challenge right now at myffpc.com. that FFPC, PC playoff challenge, half million dollar grand prize, 12 player lineup. You pick one player per NFL team, four flexes in your lineup this year, just 200 bucks to enter. It's limited to 7,250 teams. The deadline is indeed January 15th at 4.35 p.m. Eastern time. Same thing with the football guys playoffs challenge, only 35 bucks to enter that one. Still can win a $100,000 grand prize. That's at myffpc.com. Rotoviz.com slash podcast is where my conversation with Ken Ford took place. You can check that out. Ken Ford, who um, was in the uh, seventh place in the FFPC main event uh, coming up on the final week. A lot of great conversation with Ken there. Um, a guy who's had a lot of success playing Dynasty as well as Redraft in the FFPC. Moving on, let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson... Uh, is, is certainly uh, the, the story there, uh, Farrell, as is, is we, we look at how 
He was limited in practice yesterday. I believe he – did he miss practice today? I don't know if it was a downgrade at all. Yes. Um, he yes, missed practice. Uh, Dalkey, okay. I believe we're, we're looking at a, another Tyler Huntley start. Yeah, and that was my question. That was my question here. For anybody who, who had Lamar Jackson, who chose to back him up with Tyler Huntley um, in, in Week 17, we saw what Huntley did to a pretty good Green Bay Packers defense a, a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago. And, and, you know, this is a pretty talented guy coming out of the Pac-12 in, in Utah. How, if, if, you have, if, you, if you decided to back up Jackson and you have Huntley or, or like an also-ran, not, not an also-ran, but if you had like, you know, one of the, mm-hmm. you know, uh, standard backups uh, that you would have at, at quarterback this week, maybe you have, you're, you're weighing uh, Tyler Huntley or Kirk Cousins or Tua Tungavailoa or Ryan Tannehill or Mac Jones or any of those guys. How confident would you feel about Tyler Huntley with everything on the line, Farrell? You know, I, w- I would feel pretty good about Huntley. There's a stat that I saw this week. Lamar Jackson against the NFC is 10-2 and two in his starts over the last period. Now, it means to me that they don't see him as often as the AFC teams, and they don't have to plan for him as often. And what they're dealing with is truly the Baltimore offense. And Huntley can run this offense, and he can run it well. I was amazed when this player came out of Utah that he wasn't drafted, and I was even more impressed with the front office uh, there at Baltimore that found a way to get a quarterback to come back up Lamar who has a similar skill set. Not Certainly not the same skill set. He's certainly not as a developed player as Lamar, but he brings skills that can make the other players work. And for anyone that's listening to this, the other player that has to work, and I hope we talk more about him tonight, is a tight end Mark Andrews. And, you know, we saw what Andrews did with Huntley. You can expect more of that and you can expect the receivers to be serviced adequately against the Rams, where the Ravens will have to score uh, to keep up with that team. Farrell, you and mentioned he can get away from the pass rush, Bucky. Yeah, exactly. Yes, he can, no question. Um, you mentioned Mark Andrews. I saw this on Twitter. I can't remember who put it out. Mark Andrews, most catches by any tight end in the NFL this year, the most receiving yards of any tight end in the NFL this year, and he is tied for the league lead in touchdown catches by a tight end. Uh, who else? Hunter Henry and Dawson Knox. We all saw that coming, right? Um, but so next year, uh, as, as we look to 2022 draft in both the FFPC and KFFSD, is he the guy, if you're going to take the first tight end off the board, would it be Mark Andrews next year? Uh, smart people would, but he will go third next year. He'll supplant uh, Pitts and Hawkinson, although he didn't do that this year. Um, I certainly drafted him everywhere I could get it. At one point, I had to, in my first 30 teams that I drafted, and I understand many of these teams are the uh, the, the, the low dollar classic teams and, and, and best ball teams, but I had him all over the rosters. And of course, my dad had a great saying for it. He said, "You could, you can't stand prosperity." And so when I got to Las Vegas, I started thinking, you know, I sure did have a lot of Andrews. Maybe I ought to look somewhere else in that in that fifth <laughs> round. And so I could not stand the prosperity of Andrews. But I love where I do have him. It's a pleasure to watch him play every week. And he'll be my first tight end wherever he goes in the draft. That's where I'm going to go because I'm going to chase him. I'm going to follow him. I, uh, I'm all in on Mark Andrews. Yeah, great thing about him is no matter if it's Lamar Jackson or if it's Tyler Huntley, they're both looking for him downfield. So all yes. good things yeah. for Mark Andrews going forward here. Um, good things, or better things at least this week, for Ramondre Stevenson as he is no longer on the COVID-19 list. Uh, he is back this week. Uh, Damian Harris had such a baller week 16. Farrell, if you have Damian Harris, because a lot of people, myself included, I wasn't looking at him as, as a second running back. I was looking at him as a flex in most of my leagues last week. Um, some leagues I started on, some leagues I didn't. And now I look at it this week, you have Ramondre Stevenson coming back. Um, does, does that put Damian Harris's startability into jeopardy for you? I mean, if, if you're going for a championship this week, are you concerned about, you know, Harris was kind of a borderline flex for me last week. Um, now Stevenson's back. Do I trust what I saw with my eyes in week 16 and still roll him out there in week 17? Or is this, could this be like a, a massive letdown from what we saw from him last week? If I'm in this situation, I'm putting my money behind Damian Harris, and I'm rolling with it. Uh, this is a team that 
last couple of weeks, the losses that they have experienced have, have hurt them greatly to the core. I believe they're going to pull it in a little bit and, and target and concentrate on their playmakers that have been successful for them throughout the season. Consequently, if that's what the team does, that's what the fantasy players can do. I think this team has to get focused, get back on the winning track, get ready to make a playoff run. You get Damian Harris going, he's back, he's going to do that. Stevenson's a great change of pace back. I don't think I want to have him as my guy, as my number one guy, if I'm choosing between Stevenson and Harris. I saw some teams that were so embattled over the last few weeks with COVID that they had the pleasure of starting them both. And uh, yeah. that could work, too. Speaking of COVID, Taysom Hill no longer on the COVID list uh, as well. Trevor Simeon actually also got activated. So Ian Book, we hardly knew you um, as he goes back to being uh, third string um, for, for New Orleans. Um, and that was rough to watch. Uh, Taysom Hill against the Carolina Panthers, uh, Farrell. Are you firing up Alvin Kamara? Are you, quite frankly, are you firing up Taysom Hill as a starting quarterback this week? One one week removed after being on that list last week. I've never been able to get behind Taysom Hill. We've talked about it on the show, and it. Uh, I would love to be proven wrong. I, I sometimes. He just drops the ball right into the receiver, and you say, wow, look at that. Look at that arm talent. Look what he's doing. And then you see the next play you see, and you say, no, nah, this, is, this isn't going to be it. He, you know, they all, I think I said this last week, but it's very obvious. The offensive line for him is doing his job, but he won't play quarterback. He, he runs out of the pocket too soon. Wide receivers are getting open. Leads to a lot of frustrations on the Saints. So Taysom Hill coming back, what does that mean? He can keep him in the game. He's going to be obviously better than Simeon. He's going to be much, much better than Ian Book, God bless him. What he's going to do is he's going to give owners that have managed to be in a position to challenge and have Alvin Kamara. Not a lot of teams with Kamara are sitting right. in a position where they can do anything with it. We have a team in Kentucky. I think they're 22nd or 23rd. Uh, um, the Payne brothers have him. We have to go that far down to find a team with Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara has a 10-catch game this year versus Seattle sometime around uh, Halloween. I remember that one. Now he gets the Panthers this weekend. He has five games. Five games, Balky, this year where he carried the ball more than 20 times. And I don't have to uh, go too far back in my memory to where I think Alvin Kamara actually scored four, or was it five touchdowns in one game and delivered championships to fantasy players. That's your wild card well, here. Oh, and it was six. You have it was to be six excited. Touchdowns. Yeah. Six touchdowns. Six. Yeah, you know, I, I think I, I was playing against him that year, and I, I quit counting <laughs> at some point. But uh, yeah, what a fantastic, uh, what a fantastic situation to have if you have Alvin Kamara to be getting Taysom Hill back. Yeah, it, I would not have been able to win the KFFSC uh, checkered flag last year without Kamara's six touchdown performance on Christmas Day. One of the best Christmas gifts I've ever gotten in Kentucky, uh, certainly. By the way, Kamara. Uh, owned in fewer than 6% of main event championship round teams. He's owned in fewer than 8% of football guys, players championship, championship uh, teams as well. Um, we do have Bobby Haytota coming up. He's in the green room. He's, rating, he's waiting. He's ready. The last thing I want to do before we talk to the gentleman who has two teams in the top 10 of the FPC championship round is this Lions running back situation. DeAndre Swift is back from his shoulder injury. He is indeed practicing in full. They get the Seattle Seahawks this week. Swift has missed the last five games, um, and he's coming back to a team that not only has Jamal Williams, but Netflix. Craig Reynolds has looked pretty good the last few weeks as well. So my question here, Farrell, is if you're lucky enough to get to the championship round, or maybe you're playing in Kentucky, where, where you got to um, you know, one of the ancillaries, right, where, where you got to the playoffs mm-hmm. and you weren't really using Swift, but now you can deploy him. How, how do you feel about DeAndre Swift as one of your flexes in Week 17, knowing that the presence of Jamal Williams, knowing that the presence of Craig Reynolds could actually derail your fantasy hopes? Seattle up at home in a snowstorm and a 10-point lead on Chicago Bears completely caved defensively last week, and it was a disappointing thing to watch. And I don't like to play fantasy players because they're – from a negative perception. In other words, I'm going to play Swift because Seattle was so bad. But, yes, Seattle was so bad. I don't think NFL teams and their players mail it in, but uh, 
this is this has got a lot of feeling for a game that Detroit's got something to play for. They're playing for a lot of fun. They got some young guys that want to have their jobs and want to come back. They're they sort of in sync with the coaches right now. I can make a case for it. And I don't know who I would like him better than. That's but you know, I would not be uh, ashamed to start this player and so what do you have in this player? You have a player that can score from anywhere on the field, especially against a defense that may not feel they have a lot to play for in Seattle. I like the Balky. I think it's a good idea. I only own him in, uh, I think, one league, and it is a KFFSC ancillary league. I do plan on starting him this week, uh, and we'll see what happens. Hopefully he gets into the end zone, maybe gets a few catches along the way as well. Let's bring in tonight's Mm -hmm. guest, ladies and gentlemen. He got into fantasy back in the day when he drafted Matthew Stafford and Calvin Johnson his first year. He's been a Matthew Stafford fan ever since, usually picking him three rounds too early every single year. However, maybe 2021 is the payback year for all the too soon jokes on draft days past, as he has his only two FFPC teams firmly entrenched in the top 10 overall in the 2021 Football Guys Players Championship with just one week to go in the championship round. Please welcome onto the show the manager of the fifth and seventh place teams in the 2021 FPC, Bobby. Hey, Toda, Bobby, an early happy new year to you. Thanks for coming on and just tell us, what have the last couple of weeks been like for you going from the leader in, in Football Guys Players Championship to now having two teams in the top seven? Uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a wild ride. Uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, uh, happy early New Year to you guys as well. Uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. I, you know, I had a 200-point um, run with um, RG on the first week. And, you know, my other team was way back. And then he, you know, then RG has like a 150-ish or so. And my uh, my second team did like when I had a 211 or so. So right into the right into the fray there. And I know you guys were saying that Ian Book had a really rough game. But if you had Miami D, he had a beautiful yes, game. And that's exactly, that's exactly what I needed. After I saw Dallas decimate uh, Washington, I – I dialed uh, I dialed Miami in there, and they really kept me in the uh, kept me in the thick of things. Um, I think that was okay, a brilliant so, addition to the lineup because it was Miami. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I've had them since a couple week of, one. Like, what I try to what I try to do a couple of weeks before is just look ahead to see like matchup wise, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes it you know sometimes it ends up working out if I'm still been, like still playing then I'm, I get a I get a good matchup. So uh, I mean, not that I knew that, not that I knew that um, uh, book was going to be starting there, but it just happened to work out that I had a couple of those on my bench. Bobby, I, I forgot to ask you. Um, uh, so you're in New York, right? Yeah. Yep. What What are you doing for a living out there right now? Uh, I work for um, a startup uh, mortgage originator in uh, in New York City. Got it. And and okay, so so. With that type of work, has it given you yep. the type of time that you need to not only analyze the two lineups that you're going to be set, setting forth, but have you looked at the teams above you, have, you know, to, to see what they could deploy? Mm. Uh, are, are you trying to be different? How are you planning on catching these teams? How much time have you spent not only analyzing your teams, but the teams above you in the standings as well? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. Um, it's you know, a lot of the a lot of the guys who are uh, at the top of the at the top of the charts here have a lot of similar, you know, a lot of similar players. Um, you're going to see the Mark Andrews everywhere. You're going to see like Mixon, uh, Jonathan Taylor, um, Cooper Cup. So everybody has some players that are you know that are um, you know the same as others. Uh, <laughs> Who would have thought? It, but everybody, uh, I think the top five guys, other than me, have uh, have Dallas D, uh, and they're going against Arizona. So that could, you know, that could be a place to pick up some. But then there's always going to be the, you know, like I have the the Conklin or Chase Claypool, like one slot where I need to make a this kind of make a decision there. And those are the ones where, you know, it's either going to win it for you or or it's not. Well, I'll help you with that decision, Bobby. When you, if you if you need, thank me. you. I just just want you to know that I'm, I'll be glad to get I, on the Claypool bandwagon. I've never been there before. I've never really been a Claypool 
Uh, no, actually, yeah, Claypool is your guy. I, I want to talk to you about this fifth place thing. Um, okay. You know, and and I don't want to talk about the team so much as the players that are on it, but I want to talk about the sense of where you are and how, how you got there and who you got there with. I come in uh, in our league in Kentucky every year. One of the greatest things we do, we kick it off with an auction, and you can see uh, Balky playing with uh, Leroy. I think that's uh, – no, Balky, you're playing with, with Kurt. And uh, yep. Dave and, and Leroy are always playing. And, and it, it, it becomes so special because it, 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 the partnership of playing, I, I always love the partnership teams. It's, it's who you're going to win this money and have this success and enjoy this competition with uh, mm-hmm. along the way. You know. So do you want to tell us a little bit about the, uh, the unique yeah, aspect of, of this team a little bit? Yeah, so um, when I was courting my uh, my then uh, girlfriend in 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 New York, uh, I you know I I met her dad a couple of times, and you know we we instantly kind of bonded about uh, over fantasy football, and uh, I I sent an email and said he was up upstate uh, New York in Syracuse, I was in the city, and I wanted to go and. And you know, ask for his his daughter's hand in marriage. So I said, "You mind mm. if I, you know, mind if I come up there, and we have a couple of beers and you know, talk football?" And he said, "Sure." So I went up there, and you know, like three hours into it, we're still talking about football. And finally, he kind of like puts his glass down and just looks at me and goes, "Listen, I love talking football with you, but you didn't come up here for, to do it for three hours. What do you got to ask me?" And uh, <laughs> And then I asked, you know, asked if I can marry his, uh, his daughter, and, and, and that's the history. So, um, yeah, so then I got him involved in uh, FFPC. I bought him an entry into, uh, I think it was the football guys, and, you know, RG, RG Wiskins was his, uh, his team, and, you know, I had my team, and uh, unfortunately he passed away. Uh, a couple of years ago, and you know this this is going to be the way it is going forward. Where I always play RG Wiskins, and I'll always play you know my team too. So it means a lot. Yeah, and that's uh, that. special stuff. Yeah, obviously, you know, family first, and and to to have a you know even you know even if this team does fall short two weeks beforehand, to to be leading the whole competition, uh, Bobby is, yeah. is is incredible, and and hopefully it works out for well one of these teams, but obviously. I'm sure if you had your pick and, and you knew one of them was going to take it down, you'd want the RG Wiskins uh, to, to be the one that, that, uh, that wins the whole thing. So good luck there um, right. with that. Thank and, you. And, and I, I do want to let, – let's talk a little bit about um, one of the things that I have been excited about when I see, um, you know, on, on the different various uh, apps or whatever, the services that I subscribe to about player news, I get so excited when I see a player – um, that I have that I'm counting on has been taken off the COVID list and he's playing. But you know, now we see yep. Mike Evans gets off the COVID list and the beat reporters are saying he looks really fatigued in practice. Tyreek Hill on Wednesday yep. was complaining about how fast he was getting just Awful. worn down in practice. And, and, and so now you have a situation where, you know, you were counting on, or at least the last time I looked at this lineup, you had Brandon Cooks in your starting lineup. He is now off the COVID list. How nervous are you yeah. about deploying him with everything on the line this week? Uh, you know, I I feel like he he got off pretty early. I don't know when. I think Tyreek Hill literally got off like the day before, and I mean he had two catches in the first like five minutes, and then never touched the ball again. Um, believe me, I know. I watched, um, and <laughs> you know, like I think uh, I think Cooks got off. You know. Got off pretty early. Um, I mean, is there another guy on my like? Would I trust somebody else to slot in there for for him? Um, probably not. Um, I know, like, you know, with like, I'm just looking at my yeah, like this might be a like a maybe a Conklin or something, but yeah, I mean, I, I got to roll the dice with Cooks. I mean. He's going to be the, if someone's going to put up numbers, it's going to be him as opposed to Tevin Coleman or uh, someone else like that. I, I think Cooks has got a fantastic rapport with the quarterback, and I think the quarterback yeah. it actually had to take some time off um, to give uh, uh, Balky was number two name uh, number two quarterback uh, uh, 
It was at Buffalo. Now at Houston. Tyrod Taylor. Get her. Yes, double T, yeah. Tyrod Taylor. You know, Taylor got his shot and, and had a very, very difficult time playing. And Mills has come back. Yeah. Looks very different. The team looks better. Uh, one running back has been more running back with with uh, with, with Rex. So I, I'm impressed with this team, uh, and I think that would be an interesting uh, decision for you. you. You know, you said you have Andrews. That's that's a yep. that's a put it in and love it at the tight end position. But you mentioned Conklin, and now there's yep. a player that when I first start thinking about it, I say, okay, this is a case of overthinking. Do I want to flex mm-hmm. Conklin? Because I really want to, especially with Thielen out, and especially the fact yep. I've got to watch the team and and. Uh, Number 17, the other receiver, I'm not particularly mm-hmm. impressed with the routes he runs. I think without Thielen on the field, he becomes a lesser receiver. I like what mm-hmm. Conklin does around the goal line. Uh, Cousins is a top 10, top 12 fantasy quarterback any way you cut it. What is your thoughts? You've already brought his name up, so obviously you're thinking yeah. along those lines too. What are you going to do with Conklin with so much on the on the table here? Yeah, Conklin's an interesting one, and he's kind of like the I'd say you know if you do the DraftKings and all that stuff, and you pick all your good guys, and then you have like three hundred dollars left, and you have to pick like <laughs> one guy. And mm-hmm. you pick him, and that's the like that's the guy who will make you win. Uh, if if he like, I remember it was like Pringle for one game, like had a touchdown, and you know I ended up winning or something. And uh, so Conklin could be that guy. So my my real decision, because I mean Cooks is gonna, I'm gonna play Cooks because uh, I'd kick myself if I didn't. Uh, it's sure. really the, gonna be the the Conklin or Claypool decision, and it's good because they both play late well Claypool on Monday and Conklin uh the late game on Sunday so kind of to see where I'm at on things I mean I think Claypool has the higher higher ceiling although he has been in the basement every game and I frankly I I dislike him uh as a player and I also don't like any of the Steelers well Najee Harris I like but I think Ben Roethlisberger should have stopped playing football 16 games ago. Uh, But I'm going to say, like, I I think it's also supposed to be a really, really bitter, cold game in Green Bay. So I don't know if I want to, if I want to play Conklin in in that or not. So that's kind of one of the, one of the decisions I'm going to have to make, but I'm leaning towards Claypool at the moment. Oh, Farrell's going to tell you that's a smart decision. Farrell has never seen a, a Chase Claypool matchup he's, uh, he has not liked in his career. So certainly he's a big fan of that decision. Um, so, and, 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 you know, it's, what else is so great about this week, too, is, like, you know, we have no Thursday night football. We have no Saturday football. We can wait until 1 o'clock on, on Sunday to make all these mm-hmm. decisions, right? It's, it's, it's the most normal week. Thank you um, for, for that, especially with everything on the line. You don't have to make – decisions where, where you're, you don't want to have to make hedge decisions on Thursdays and Saturdays, and you won't have to do that this week. We're talking yeah. with Bobby Haytona, the uh, fifth and seventh place team owner in the Football Guys Players Championship here after week 16, heading into week 17. We don't really talk about defenses a whole lot on this show, but I think it, the, the decision to start the correct defense gets amplified here in this three-week sprint. You have a, a trio to choose from. You have Arizona mm-hmm. this week um, on your team. They go to Dallas. You have Denver uh, on your team as well. Denver is in uh, L.A. against the Chargers. And then, of course, uh, your heroes from last week, the Miami Dolphins, they're also on the road. They go to Tennessee. Have you, have you made mm-hmm. your choice here? Is it going to be the Dolphins? I mean, like, what, what, what's been the thought process here? Yeah, uh, the way the one I'm thinking, way about, I'm thinking about this is, uh, you know, Dallas has got a lot of firepower, Arizona, um, has firepower that's going to probably be a pretty a pretty high scoring game indoors so um i'm going to stay away from arizona there uh Dak and them have been looking pretty good i feel like the chargers are going to get back on their kind of on their game uh against denver uh denver being the best like defense like statistically of the three but uh, i just have a, a feeling that you know with eckler back I think the Chargers kind of 
you know, hit their stride a little bit there. And, you know, Miami coming off that game, got some confidence. It's outdoors. Tennessee has had a couple of good games, like this last game they had where Brown went for like a zillion yards and a couple touchdowns. Um, it's definitely possible. Uh, but I think of these, of these three, I'm going to, I'm going to roll with Miami. Rolling with the three defenses. Now I, okay. So it's great that we are big believers and agree on the Claypool issue. Uh, and, you know, I, I look at this and I say, okay, we got a guy. I played a lot. I played more football guys teams this past year than I had previous years together. And, um, you know, Balky has already congratulated me for having a team in the Constellation. Thank you, Balky. But, uh, <laughs> but the, the one, 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 I looked at you, I said, you know, this guy, he's got to have me. Look at these rosters. He's, and then I look at one, and I see where you have five tight ends. And I say, nobody ever has had five tight ends except me. I said, so I got, you yep. know, this is another similarity that, that it discovered here. Now, of these five tight ends, and you can tell the listeners who they are, but I've looked mm-hmm. through them, and, well, I'll throw a couple of them out there. They were my guys, Everett, who I, we mm-hmm. talked about glowingly, and then we're finally mm-hmm. getting something of what we thought we might have got. Firemuth, who I was all over early, and very, very happy yep. about it, and it didn't take him long to get hot. But let's talk about mm-hmm. what you've got to do this weekend, which one you've got to get in lineup. You've got Foster Moreau. Yep. I was a big Foster Moreau fan, uh, knowing that he wouldn't get play if, unless Waller got hurt. Waller got hurt. Mm-hmm. I picked him up on Sunday morning, got 20 points out of him. I think you probably did too. And now you look at who you're going to start on this big money week for you. I wanted you to go yep. back memory lane with me to the start of the year. If you look at the Indianapolis Colts, they were astonishingly bad against the pass mm-hmm. early on in this season. And while they have yep. shored up their defense at every position, they're still bad against the tight end. And you've yeah, got the Raiders and Colts lined up. So is is your guy going to be Foster Moreau? I, I think it's between Moreau and uh, Everett. So the Colts are – they're – in the basement against tight ends and Detroit is not as bad, but pretty bad. Um, and Everett looks like he's become uh, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson's um, like one of his three guys. So obviously he's got Lockett and Metcalf, mm-hmm. but he Everett's been consistent um, and he's getting a lot, like getting a decent amount of receptions. I don't know. Is, is Waller definitely out this week? Because I'm, That's I what I'm, I'm not seeing. You. Yeah, I haven't seen anything definitive, but I can tell you that um, after, just when he was getting over this injury, he gets placed on the COVID yeah. list, and that and that was oh, yeah. yesterday. So, so I don't okay. think he can come back um, to get cleared in time. Yeah. So yeah, this is going to be a decision between Everett, uh, Everett and Moreau. Um, I like how Everett's got worked in, but Moreau's like last game, he had a great game. And I know, like you said, the Colts are pretty, uh, they're very good on defense, but apparently against the tight ends, they're not as, not as good. Let's, so I'm not uh, sure who I'm going to go with, but we'll see. Yeah. And, and, and Firemouth, obviously out of, out of concussion protocol, that, that's a, that's a good sign as well. Um, now this is, this is a decision um, that um, that we were uh, not a decision, but this is a situation we were talking about earlier. Miles Sanders is obviously out this week. Jordan Howard is, is probably a guy that you're going to consider, uh, along with Rex Burkhead, who had the big game against the Chargers. How seriously are you looking at either one of these guys, Bobby, in, in, in your lineup this week, given the situation in Philly and given the game that Rex Burkhead had against Los Angeles last week? Yeah, the Rex Burkhead you know, like if I win anything, I'm I'm going to owe a lot, a lot to him for that, for that week and that play. Uh, I don't think he's going to do that. Uh, I don't think he's going to do that again. Um, that was a, you know, it's like you play blackjack and you put like a big, your big bet down and you get blackjack and then like you pull it all back and then go back to your like low betting. It's like, you're not going to get blackjack on the next hand or whatever. Um, so I, I, Rex, Rex Burkhead had a tremendous game. He'll, he'll make his way to the bench. Um, 
if Jordan Howard plays and does not have any, like, I think he had a stinger and he's still kind of working back from that. And two years ago or a year ago, he had the same thing and it really kept him out for a while. So if it's going to be like a Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, like square dance, I don't know if I want to really, I don't know if I want to do that. Um, but he, that's a good matchup. So if Jordan Howard is going to be, you know, the primary back, I would definitely want to, I would, I want to put him in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to talk about some of the things that you're getting right. You've obviously got a lot of things right this year. And I want to hear the thing that you're most proud of. You know, I like your blackjack analogy, but here in no, Kentucky, you. we've got an expression that you don't want mm-hmm. to shoot the horse that won the race. And Rex Burkhead right. just won you the race. And now you're saying <laughs> that you're going to leave Rex Burkhead standing on the sidelines. I don't know. That he, sounds like he won me Clay Pool. He was the thing to do. The third yeah. leg of the relay. It's a, it's a person relay. You have to hand it off to somebody. <laughs> that, may be, that may be the way to look at it. Uh, you know, so, yeah, let's talk about getting things right. Obviously, you did that this year. And I, I, uh, I thought about this. Who would my guy be that I got right? You know, and it doesn't always have to be the guy that you draft early. Or, you know, yeah, obviously, mm-hmm. anybody that picked Andrews got Andrews right. Anybody that picked yeah. uh, uh, Samuel uh, with the Niners, mm-hmm. wonderful pick. Who's the guy – that you just really, really got right that made you very proud of your analysis and and you're very fortunate to have him on your teams. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I always pick Stafford early. I always liked Stafford. I always, I, you know, he puts up great points, but I just like, like him as a leader and a good and just a great quarterback. So getting him and having him, and, and I always want, like I said with, with Megatron, uh, I always want to have, like his counterpart, and I thought Cup would be, you know, Cup would be his guy. Uh, so mm. that combo I was pretty happy with. And then Jonathan Taylor, I thought he showed a lot that he was going to be, you know, the main the main man, like a kind of an Austin Eckler type um, for the Colts. So I knew uh, I wanted to take him, um, you know, I would you know early, but you know, guys like. And like some of the guys that you want, I, I always want to avoid anyone who's ever touched a New York team. So like Saquon, I was was off limits. Beckham off limits. You know, like anybody. Uh, those were the guys that I wanted to steer, kind of steer clear of um, in the uh, in the draft. But like Cup, Cup Taylor, and Stafford were there were the ones that I really wanted to get. Yeah, that's that's a good trio to get, and, and uh, obviously that too. I thought Fournette, yeah. like, well, more and more at the end of the year, he just showed that he was going to be the guy. And, you know, he, mm-hmm. he was tremendous all season, um, you know, obviously getting hurt. Um, that stinks. But, yeah, he was, he was great, too. So did yeah, you I, ever, on the announcement of guys that you mentioned, did you ever really reach for him? Did you ever take Cup at the very beginning of the third round or late in the second round because you knew you wouldn't get him coming back to you? Did, did I, you ever do that kind of thing? Uh, I did with uh, I definitely well I know I did with Stafford I do that every year um, I think I took Taylor pretty early uh, this year yeah. yeah so he was like more of a reach than um, I'm trying to think of who I would who I would have passed up instead but yeah I I definitely took him like probably um, early probably early second round or maybe late late first, like on the turn, but mm-hmm. he was one that was a little bit earlier than, than all the like draft, um, all the predictions sure. and whatnot. Right. Yeah. Um, to your point, uh, Bobby, uh, Leonard Fournette this season is the eighth, uh, most owned player in the FFPC main event championship round. Jonathan yep. Taylor is number four and no surprise that the number one most owned player in both the Football Guys Players Championship and the FFPC Main Event Championship rounds. It is the one, the only, the fantasy MVP, Cooper Cup. So congratulations on uh, getting your player evaluation right on him there. Let's get uh, on to uh, a couple of emails here for you, Bobby. Jim, in our nation's capital, writes, Hi, Bobby, would you start, uh, I think I know the answer to this, uh, now that I just heard your philosophy on New York players, 
Hi, Bobby. Would you start Michael Carter over A.J. Dillon this week? Congrats on the FPC performance. Thank you for the email, and thank you for listening. Jim in D.C., A.J. Dillon is at home on Sunday night against the Minnesota Vikings. Michael Carter is actually going to be going, uh, taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home. That is a negative game script. However, we found out Tevin Coleman on the COVID list today. So if you had to make that decision uh, between A.J. Dillon and Michael Carter, which way would you lean, man? Uh, I would be, you know, I, I'd feel like at some point the Jets are going to have to throw the ball quite a bit to beat the the Tampa Bay Bucks. So I don't know how much Carter is going to get, how many carries he's going to get, you know, in the first two series if they're not scoring touchdowns. They might be airing it out the rest of the game. So uh, I would go with I would go with Dylan, especially if it's going to be a, a like snowy, ground and pound game. Um, Dylan will probably get his fair share. I was actually um, before a couple hours before I, I did this show tonight. Um, I was on the Fantasy Alarm show with Howard Bender and, and Jim Bowden. We were talking about the FFPC playoff challenge. And, you know, Howard's like, you know, you can't play in this, but if you could, who's the one guy you got to have on your roster? And I was like, well, you know, we don't know all the teams in the playoffs yet, but I'll tell you this, there's going to be a ton of Aaron Rodgers teams. There's going to be a ton of um, Devontae Adams teams in this. But then I look at a guy like A.J. Dillon, who might be more the 1A than the 1B running back with Green Mm -hmm. Bay, um, having uh, what we think is probably going to be home field advantage throughout the playoffs playing in cold Lambeau. I don't know. I think there's something to be said for that. And there definitely is something to be said for him going up against the Vikings this week, uh, a Vikings defense that's been underperforming. I'm totally starting Dylan in the positive game strip over Michael Carter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby, the next email we have for, for you is in uh, Lansdale, Lansdale, Pennsylvania. Yes. Uh, it's Marshall who writes, Hey Bobby, was there anything you did differently in fantasy football drafting bidding and lineup setting this season that you didn't do in years past. How did you find so much success from just two teams in 2021? That is Marshall and Lansdale, Pennsylvania. Marshall, appreciate you listening and emailing as well. Uh, Bobby, I don't, I don't know if there's an an easy answer to this question. Do Do you feel like you did a lot of the same things you always did and it just worked out better for you this year? Or did you do something differently? Tactically speaking? I definitely did. Um, I definitely had a similar uh, – I had a similar pick in the draft. And when, you know, I, I had players kind of circled that if they were there. Uh, if you, like, look at my team, uh, a lot of them, you know, it's the Stafford Cup, Andrews, you know, either, like, Diggs or, or Hill. I, I definitely had, a, like, I had a lot of similarities. So, like, this year it just worked out where the, in the draft, so it's either kind of like an all or not type of year. Like if you're going to be picking the same types of guy, like the same guys, well, you know, my, my two teams are within like five points of each other. So like it, it doesn't work out that way for nothing. So like a lot of it, there's definitely a lot of crossover and I was definitely a little more, uh, a little more aggressive on the, uh, on the bidding, um, you know, just trying to, is just trying to bid up and use as much. Like I think a lot of people don't um, don't really realize when it's like when the the week that it's you know it's over and they have a bunch of you know they have a bunch of of uh, dollars left. You know, just trying to liquidate and get as much as you can out of that. Which is like why I took a couple of defenses just to get rid of like guys that were on IR and just you know dash them off and pick up a couple of defenses. Hey, Yo, Bobby, Bobby, my let me, question. Let me ask you, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, just real quick, Farrell. I just want to. I just want to um, drive this point home. So, number two, two part question. Number one, uh, Bobby, um, when you said you were more aggressive on the waiver wire, were, was there any particular player or, or a big difference maker that you actually purchased off the waiver wire that really helped you get to where you are? And the second part of that, between your fifth place and your seventh place team, you said there's a lot of crossover. Is there enough differentiation there where, where you can, you know, increase the variance one way or the other to try to push one of those teams up to the top? Yeah, there's, there's definitely enough. Um, you know, actually Chase Edmonds is another guy that's on both and on both sides. So, uh, like Aaron Jones on one, and then I have Jonathan Taylor on the other. Um, I have Cooks, and then there's Diggs on the other. Um, Tyreek Hill uh, on the one, and uh, 
and let's see Debo on the other one. So like there's, there's some differences, but they're like the core players are definitely, uh, are definitely the same. Um, I mean, listen, that Rex Burkhead brainchild was a uh, wire wire pickup. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that and like, and the Pat Fryermuth and, you know, getting those, some of those tight ends uh, early are is always is the best, best thing to do where, you know, if you see some promise, you, you want to try to nab them up pretty quick. And Fryermuth was, was really good until he got, you know, until he got hurt, he, he scored a touchdown in like almost every day. I think he had eight touchdowns this year. I'm adding uh, on my list of team names for next year, the Rex Burkhard, uh, Rex Burkhead brainchild is going to be one of my team names. Yeah, next year. So thank you for that, Bobby. <laughs> Farrell, I'll kick it over to you, you for, for your question here. <laughs> you know, my question is the same every week. And, and this, I think the second part of it has, especially in these days of COVID, is is much much more important, and it, it, you know. So so what we want to look at, um, we want to look at studs. We'd like a stud from you that you think is going to fail this week. We're talking about how players are going to elevate your lineup, and it seems like everyone that you just mentioned has some really great matchups too. So congratulations for that. But uh, you know, perhaps the Philadelphia. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to lead you into the question. But is there a stud? that you just think is going to be a disappointment and you would be avoiding him if he was on your roster. And the second part of it, which is even more important because of the availability of COVID, who's that sleeper out there? Who's this week's Burkhead? Ah, this week's Burkhead. I don't know. I don't know if anyone could answer that question. Um, there's no one likes Rex Burkhead. Um, I'm going to say huh. – you know, Oh, my goodness. You know, like, we, stumped, we stumped the New Yorker. Uh, we have stumped the guy from Manhattan. So I saw this in a Woody Allen movie once. He's the guy from Manhattan got stumped. It's amazing. It hardly ever happened. You know, I think in the in my kind of the ground and pound uh, Green Bay, I'm not going to say that – I think Aaron Jones is not going to do well, but I have like I I also think like Dylan is probably going to be like the bell cow there, um, mm-hmm. and on the you know on the is Kelsey off off officially off COVID list? I believe he is. Yes, you know? I believe he is. Okay, um, if he's come off and and he's had some time, then I'm, I'm sure he'll be. I'm sure he'll be good, but I like I'm interested to see like you said about Brandon Brandon Cooks, uh, you know like it was very clear that Tyree Hill, um, you know was yeah. not himself, um, and if you know anybody who's coming off that list say you know like oh, t- tomorrow or Saturday, you know you can't think that they're going to be at you know full speed. So I, I can't tell you any names, but if there's a, any big time guys who are going to get back and they're going to come back either tomorrow or the day after, then you might be a little wary of playing them because they're not going to be, you know, full of gas. Lower expectations and exercise caution, no doubt. Final question we have for you, Bobby. Um, What are the plans for for Week 17? The action is going to go, you know, basically from 1 in the afternoon till till roughly 11 o'clock at night Sunday, and then the Browns and Steelers get in on, on, on Monday night. Um, your thoughts mm-hmm. on, on what you're going to be doing watching those games. Are you going to watch the games? Uh, and and uh, who are you going to be watching those games with? Well, uh, my beautiful, beautiful wife uh, for Christmas got us tickets to uh, Rams-Ravens. And, nice! Uh, because, because I'm a Rams guy, because of Stafford. So uh, we are going to be in Baltimore uh, for that game. So that is, I can think of no, I, you know, half my points, half my points are, are in that game and I'm emotionally invested. So that's where we're, where we're going to be. We're taking it all in. So then, so when the, now that, now that game, the, um, the, the Baltimore um, uh, Rams game, uh, that is a late game. Are you just going to go back to to the hotel and and take in the Vikings Packers game and, 
and then Monday night, are just you know, are you going to be tucked in safely in NYC watching the game, or what, what are your plans then? Uh, they flexed the Ravens Rams uh, as a one o'clock game now. Oh, it's a one o'clock, so then you can watch all afternoon. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I don't know That's if there's a, a better day than that. Yeah. You know, it would be the oh, best thing if that day ended with me in the lead by ninety points and uh, Chase Claypool <laughs> being my guy on Monday night. Bring it home. That's fantastic. 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 I love it. I love it. Bobby Haytota has been our guest tonight, the owner of the fifth and seventh place teams in the Football Guys Players Championship uh, coming up on Championship Week. Man, listen, an incredible, wonderful season um, for you already to get your only two teams up in, into the top seven overall in a competition that featured 13,000 plus. Congratulations. We are not worthy. I hope uh, nothing but the best for you. I'm, I'm pulling for you. I Thank hope you. it happens this weekend for you. And uh, listen, next year, you should have some extra coin uh, that you've made from these two teams. Why don't you get a few more teams next year? And you might might have three in the top ten or four in the top ten coming up on championship. Got to build. Week. Certainly. Yes, you got to build. Expand your territory, as Farrell always likes to say. Bobby, Thank you so much. Enjoy your Thursday. A happy new year to you. And enjoy that Rams-Ravens game on Sunday, dude. Thank you, guys. Have a nice New Year's. See you, Thank Bobby. you so much. That is, that's Bobby Haytota, thank you for doing the show. Appreciate it, dude. Uh, the owner of the fifth and seventh place teams in the Football Guys Players Championship. A guy, Farrell, what a roller coaster it's been for him to only have two teams overall in, in high-stakes fantasy football this year mm-hmm. to get them both into the championship round. To get them both, to get one of them all the way to leading the, the the whole thing coming into week 16, and now to have two in the top seven coming into week 17. I don't think he he is Joe Cool and and Joe Chill or whatever. I would not be handling it as as well as he is. He seems very well put together. I'd be all over the place, nervous and frazzled. Yeah, he is well put together, and he put his teams well together too. He drafted good players. They've remained healthy. That's been a big part of it. He's gone in the waiver wire. He's done some right things. He, you know, and and when you draft two teams, your attention and your focus is impressive. I've, uh, I'm all about expanding the territory as time allows you to expand the territory to fill up what. Uh, you have available to give to fantasy football. We all love drafting, but we all have to equally love managing the teams. With two teams, he's he's been very focused, and you know he wants to talk a lot about lineups. He's not talking as much about acquisitions as he is the right, right. players to start at the right time. And, and uh, you know, I really was impressed by your journalistic acumen there, Balky, as he and the missus go off to the romance capital of of the eastern United States, Baltimore, Maryland, Uh and, you know, you were asking him what he had planned. You know, look, if we can get him to Baltimore to go see the Rams, we we can probably get him to Kentucky to draft fantasy football KFMSC style. So I'll have to follow up that with it. A very intriguing guy and the kind of guy that's good for the game. I hope he continues to win. As I'm sure all these guys that are in this top group, uh, you know, have put together a great season and deserves a win. But he's got he's got some special reasons he wants to win. That makes it kind of nice. Yeah, and and playing in honor of his late father-in-law, and obviously the, the team he yep. used to co-own with him, and, and still you know co-owns with in spirit essentially. So rooting for him there. Um, one other thing I forgot to mention too, um, and and I should have mentioned when Bobby was still on the line, but um, when he and I were exchanging emails and we were setting up this interview. Uh, he said, you know, this is going to be fun. I can't wait. One question. Is it okay if I curse on air? And I said, well, listen, oh. I, you know, I, I never say to a guest, hey, you can't say this or you can't say that. But I will say that if you can, if at all possible, please refrain from that. I, and it's so funny because earlier this week I got an email or I should, excuse me, I should say Rob got an email from YouTube saying that our content after being on there for, you know, almost a decade, um, is now they've now deemed it not suitable for people under the age 18. And so somebody must have been cutting loose some expletives on the show. And so the fact that Bobby held his tongue tonight is really good for our YouTube channel and that we don't get any further strikes. So that was that was great to, to, to hear from him tonight. Um, all right, so we want to do some uh, some emails. We'll get to, uh, yikes, we only got a couple of minutes. Okay, so let's go rapid fire on these best we can. Farrell Terry in Sacramento. I thought I was going to roll out Kirk Cousins in championship week. But I grabbed Trey Lance tonight. Which guy would you guys start? Thanks so much. That's Terry in Sacramento. I like Kirk Cousins this week. I, I Quite frankly, I, I like most of the Vikings offensive players against the Green Bay defense that 
has not looked very good as of late. I like Cook. I like Jefferson. I like Cousins. To me, in championship week, as, as, as much as I think Trey Lance has the better upside, I, I, I want to go with Kirk Cousins because I think he could easily just put up 300 yards and three touchdowns as well. Easily is what you should do. Top 12 fantasy quarterback. Release your grip on Trey Lance. Um, let's go with Mike in Houston. Am I doing the unthinkable this week? Playing Rashad Penny over Saquon Barkley. Thank you for the email, Mike. Not unthinkable because I would be thinking about it. Saquon Barkley is having his reps managed by the Giants this week. I know Rashad Penny let a lot of people down last week, but I think you could make the case to start Penny against the Lions in Seattle over Saquon Barkley this week, Farrell. Am I being too brazen? Am I being too bold? Or is Barkley a guy that you have to sit? No, Penny's exactly what Seattle needs and exactly what's been working. 311 uh, yards in the last three games, Balky. Uh, Saquon couldn't get that yardage if Booker was carrying him. <laughs> um, John in Memphis, dear Balky and Farrell, first off, thanks for your advice this season. Uh, because of you guys, I got through my regular season undefeated and am playing the two seed for the title this week. My lineup sort of sets itself, except for my flex. Would you guys play Devontae Smith or Brandon Ayuk? Thanks again. You have a listener for Ooh. life. That is John in Memphis. John, thank you for the extremely kind words. We certainly appreciate it. Yeah, this, um, so this is an interesting decision he's got to make, um, and I'm assuming full PPR here. Uh, but when you look at this uh, situation this week, Devontae Smith, who's in our nation's capital, taking on the football team, and then you look at Brandon Ayuk again, probably catching passes from Trey Lance, it looks like, but Brandon Ayuk against the Texans. Again, too much of the unknown for me. I, I trust the Jalen Hurts, J- Devontae Smith connection. I'm going to go with him and say Smith over Ayuk Farrell. Easy decision. Smith uh, found the end zone last week against the Giants. He is the number one target and the number one receiver for this uh, Philadelphia team, a team that gets to play a defense. It just gave up 56 points. Uh, Devontae Smith is your man. All right, and final. I think we have one final email here, if I'm reading this correctly. Yes, we do. Lee in Idaho, Idaho Falls, Idaho. Happy New Year, HSFF Honchos. I can only fit one of these guys into my football guys lineup this week. I'm a ways down in the overall standings, but I want to finish as best I can. Is Jared Cook or Tyler Higby the correct call in Week 17? Lee, congratulations in your FPC performance this year good luck in week 17 and thanks for the email the situation that he is looking at here Farrell, uh for tight ends you know that i mean he must have an elite one and he's considering flexing out one of these guys because higby and cook aren't great tight end one starts higby obviously we just heard from bobby he's going to be in baltimore and then jared cook at home against the broncos i don't have a strong feeling either way on this i guess my my inkling is towards higby but i can be persuaded mm-hmm. Don't be persuaded. Cook is beginning to appear to me that Father Time is caught up somewhat with him. I don't know if he's banged up. I don't know what the situation is, but he's having some concentration issues for the first time. We're seeing Cook drop balls. We're seeing him uh, not really make some of the efforts uh, within what was his normal passing window to elevate and catch the ball. He doesn't look like the same Jared Cook that he's looked like the past two or three years. When he when he basically could hide inside that offense and be the last target in the route, in, in the progressions for the quarterback, usually be open. It's not that situation right now. They need more from this player. They're not getting it. Tyler Higby is beginning to warm up. And against Baltimore, uh, uh, with the type of pass rush they have and the fact that they're oftentimes dropping those linebackers, uh, Higby should find the middle uh, to his liking, uh, bringing, uh, uh, bringing our guest's favorite quarterback uh, into uh, an opportunity hitting five or six times, which means big numbers in the FFPC at 1.5. Yeah. Catch. Yeah, and it will be, especially if you're flexing out Higby. Maybe maybe he could be a big-time difference maker in Week 17. We shall see good football analysis from Farrell Elliott there and great fantasy football analysis all episode long from the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. Farrell, thank you so much for hopping board with me on a Thursday night. My beloved Wisconsin Badgers are off and running in the Las Vegas Bowl. i got to sign off on the show so I can take in the rest of this game and stay up till God knows what hour tonight to, to watch this. Uh, Farrell, thanks so much. Happy New Year to you. We'll check out the KFFSC at kffsc.com. Be good, and we'll do this again. We'll be back on our Friday schedule next week, dude. 
Good luck, everyone. We'll be talking about all the champs next Friday night. You know it. And uh, we will uh, talk then with Farrell Elliott, the commissioner of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Uh, completes our programming for you this evening, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank Bobby Haytota. I want to thank Farrell Elliott and, of course, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and each and every one of you uh, for hanging out on a Thursday, especially Kern Reeve, uh, who is hanging out in the chat room still um, with his 6th, 20th, and 60th place teams in the FFPC main event, uh, hoping that you can uh, turn that into a big windfall, my friend. Uh, Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown with Ken Ford is live, rotoviz.com slash podcast is where you can check that out there. Uh, like I just told Farrell, we will we, we did a Wednesday show last week. We did a Thursday show this week. We'll do a Friday show next week, and Friday's going forward um, to get back on our normal schedule at 10-9 Central. Remember to check out those FFPC and Football Guys Playoff Challenges at myffpc.com. Win a half million bucks, win a $100,000 grand prize for just $35 as well. Happy New Year to everybody. And I hope the ball bounces your way in championship week. Bring home those ships. Your first weekend of 2022. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and heard around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. You know, Farrell mentioned it there, too, um, that, you know, starting next week, we're going to have some champions on, right? We're going to have people who won the main event, the Football Guys Players Championship, Super Bracket, Terminator, Best Ball Tournament, you know, all these different events. And, um, you know, certainly that's a great accomplishment to win. But understand this. If you are listening to High Stakes Fantasy Football podcasts in, on December 30th or late in December every year because you want to make sure you're starting the right players, picking up the right players, what have you, um, you've already kind of won. You know, the fact that you're playing at this level and you're still in competition, you're coming up on week 17, pat yourself on the back, win or lose, you've accomplished a lot. And um, it's what makes it fun. It's it's supposed to be fun. And and this is why we keep doing it every single week So and every single year. Um, I can't wait to talk to the champions, and I can't wait to learn from them coming up. I hope you are excited to do the same. And I hope you're excited to start drafting with the FFPC Coming up in just a few weeks here in January, it's going to be quite the ride just as we end a new year and a new season begins. Thanks so much for listening. Happy New Year, everybody.